Pastor Xavier Reese uncovers the root of spiritual burnout. How we have seen different people in our own lives, we see them so committed to the study of the Word, we see them so committed to ministry, and then after a year, after 10, after 20, they walk no longer with the Lord. And sometimes we feel because we have so many years in the Lord that we're okay. If you're not abiding in the Lord, you are not okay. You must always seek Him. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Have you ever noticed at the start of a marathon, there are always a few runners running far ahead of the pack, but three or four hours later, as the first runners begin to cross the finish line, these speedsters are nowhere to be seen. Today, Pastor Xavier shares how the Christian life is not a sprint, but a journey walking with and learning from the Lord on a day-to-day basis. Well, that's the important simple truth that will see the believer through their spiritual journey that we find in today's portion of our verse-by-verse walk through the book of Second Chronicles. Let's listen. Second Chronicles chapter 10. The kingdom has begun to deteriorate already with Solomon. Solomon now is dead. He began so faithful, he began so strong, reigning in the place of his father. God even promising the kingdom through the seed of Solomon. He himself would build a temple, not his father David. And yet, in the humility in which he began, asking for wisdom to rule the people of God, he slowly but surely moved away from total dependence upon God. He began to multiply horses unto himself, multiply wives, began to serve his wives and then their gods. Now his son, Rehoboam, has come through the throne in chapter 10. And stop and think about the short time that it's taken to deteriorate. God brought the children of Israel into the land. They went through a period of anarchy, the book of Judges. Every man was doing that which was right in his own eyes. Then they wanted a king, like other nations, after God called Samuel the prophet. Samuel is the link between the anarchy of the book of Judges and the, not a theocracy, but a monarchy, the rule of a king. So within 400 years, then God raised up David. David in his lifetime, 40 years, seven and a half years in Hebron, and then the rest in Jerusalem. Solomon's come to the throne. It didn't take him long to corrupt himself. And all those years forgot to get it all squared away in the matter of one man. Everything is done away. When men yield to the work of God, it's always tremendous when you see what God can do. When men stay humble, dependent on God, close to God, teaching the word, praying, really crying out that the Spirit would give them wisdom and guidance. It's tremendous what God can do. But it doesn't take that long to mess all that up if you get away from the Lord. It can happen overnight. Christian leaders, the tremendous advancements that God made into the world, and yet in one wrong decision, so much is done away. 
awesome responsibility when we're called by God. And that includes all of us. Not just pastors, not just leaders, but all of us. And so now Rehoboam comes, and he was a foolish young man. He says, Rehoboam went to Shechem, verse 1 of chapter 10. For all Israel had gone to Shechem to make him king, and Shechem was the national capital and worship center before David, Joshua tells us, chapter 24. And so there is evidence that there was two anointings, even as there was with Solomon, even as there was with David. And so it happened when Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, heard, for he was in Egypt, where he had fled from the presence of Solomon. Jeroboam returned from Egypt, knowing now that Solomon was dead. He returns. Then they sent for him and called him, and Jeroboam and all Israel came and spoke with Rehoboam, saying, Your father made your yoke heavy. Now therefore lighten the burden, some service of your father, and his heavy yoke which he put on us. And we will serve you. And so he said to them, Come back after three days. And the people departed. And King Rehoboam, in verse 6, consulted with the elders who stood before his father Solomon while he was still living. And he asked them, How do you advise me to answer these people? And they spoke to him, saying, If you're kind to these people and please them and speak good words to them, they will be your servants forever. But he rejected the counsel which the elders had given him and consulted the young man who had grown up with him who stood before him. And he said to them, What advice do you give me? How should we answer this people who have spoken to me, saying, Lighten the yoke which your father put on us? Then the young man who had grown up with him spoke to him, saying, Thus you should speak to the people who have spoken to you, saying, Your father made our yoke heavy, but you make it lighter on us. Thus you shall say to them, My little finger shall be thicker than my father's waist. Notice that he rejected the counsel of the older men. The older men knew that Solomon, and you stop to think about the task that Solomon had accomplished. The people were kind of overtaxed to accomplish the temple and everything else. And they realized that. And possibly with all the building that Solomon did for his wives, that overtaxed him even more. And yet he would not pay heed to that because a young friend said, listen, if you give them an inch, they're going to want a mile. And so really the counsel that was given was wrong counsel, evil counsel, power-hungry counsel, greed, insulting really because saying that my little finger shall be thicker than my father's waist. And now, whereas my father put a heavy yoke on you, I will add to your yoke. My father chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scourges. Some of the translations say scorpions. And so Jeroboam and all the people came to Rehoboam on the third day, as the king had appointed, saying, Come back in three days. And the king answered them roughly. King Rehoboam rejected the counsel of the elders, and he spoke to them according to the counsel of the young men, saying, My father made your yoke heavy, but I will add to it. My father chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scourges or scorpions. So the king did not listen to the people, for the turn of affairs was from God. Underline that. Remember that we said when we started First Chronicles that the Chronicles really give us a perspective from God's view. God emphasizes what is really happening. It's not really 
a decision of man. It's not based on what man really wants, but this is God's hand upon history. God had prophesied it. He had warned them. And so this is God's direct intervention. And so he says that the Lord might fulfill his word, which he had spoken by the hand of Ahijah the Shalonite to Jeroboam the son of Nebat. Now when all of Israel saw that the king did not listen to them, the people answered the king, saying, What portion have we in David? We have no inheritance in the sons of Jesse, every man to his tent, O Israel. Now see to your own house, O David. So the kingdom was divided. Civil war from here on in. Now we know the devastation of civil war within the country. It's devastating. And yet God never intended this, but because of man's disobedience, because of man's desire to rule himself, there was total division. So all of Israel departed to their tents, but Rehoboam reigned over the children of Israel who dwelt in the cities of Judah. And then King Rehoboam, he sent Hadoram, who was in charge of the revenue, and the word there for revenue is really forced labor by public work. But the children of Israel stoned him with stones, and he died. Therefore King Rehoboam mounted his chariot and hasted to flee to Jerusalem. And so Israel has been in rebellion against the house of David to this day. Notice that God still states that it is the house of David that he is behind. Even though he was in part and in party to what was going on, God had given the house of David the covenant, the promise. So therefore now you have ten nations, the northern, or not nations, but tribes, the ten tribes and two tribes. In the south, Judah and Benjamin. In the north, ten tribes, all but the two in the south. Now grab a hold of this because this is what we're going to trace through the rest of Chronicles and it can get confusing sometimes. When you think of, when you hear north, ten tribes. None of the kings of the north were ever good. In the southern kingdom, they had some good kings. So when you hear north, it's the ten tribes. When you hear south, it's the kingdom of David, Judah and Benjamin. When Rehoboam, chapter 11 says, came to Jerusalem, he assembled from the house of Judah and Benjamin 180,000 chosen men who were warriors to fight against Israel, that he might restore the kingdom to Rehoboam. But the word of the Lord came to Shemaiah, the man of God, saying, Speak to Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, king of Judah, and to all Israel and Judah and Benjamin, saying, Thus saith the Lord, You shall not go up and fight against your brethren, that every man return to his house, for this thing is from me. Once again, this thing is from me. Therefore they obeyed the word of the Lord, and they turned back from the attacking Jeroboam. And so God says, Let it go. This is from me. And so Rehoboam returned. There was no war against Jeroboam at this time. Now in verse 5, Rehoboam fortifies the cities. He dwelt in Jerusalem. He built cities, defense cities in Judah. He built Bethlehem, Atam, Tokoa. And he mentions the rest of the cities there in verse 11. He fortified the strongholds. He put captains over them for the cities of, uh, where food was stored, oil and wine, and the rest of the provisions. In verse 13, he says, And from all their territories, the priests and the Levites who were in all Israel took their stand with him. For the Levites left their common land and their possessions and came to Judah and Jerusalem. For Jeroboam and his sons had rejected them from serving as priests to the Lord. And so right away, the northern kingdom started apostatizing from Jehovah's worship. They began to set up the calf worship as we're going to see in Dan and in Bethel. 
And they began to put priests who were no priests and rejected the true priesthood. And so all the Levites were coming back and giving their allegiance to the southern kingdom, Benjamin and Judah, and they were coming to Jerusalem. And one of the reasons that Jeroboam established the calf worship in the northern kingdom was to keep people from giving their allegiance to the kingdom of David because the law said they had to go to Jerusalem three times a year, Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. And so he established another national worship center so they wouldn't have to travel and establish his own priest. But it wasn't a true order. And so all the Levites began to come down to the southern kingdom, to Jerusalem. Verse 15 says, Then he appointed for himself priests for the high places, for the demons, for the calf idols, which he had made. And after that the Levites left those from all their tribes of Israel, such as set their hearts to seek the Lord God of Israel. They came to Jerusalem to sacrifice to the Lord God of their fathers. And so they strengthened the kingdom of Judah and made Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, strong for three years because they walked in the ways of David and Solomon for three years. Underline that, for three years. Oh, how good we can begin. But the thing is, we must continue there. Three years is nothing. But three years of blessing is only a confirmation that as long as we walk with the Lord, He will bless but you deviate from the Lord. You walk away from Him. And God will cut it off. From verse 18 to verse 23, you have the families of Jeroboam. In verse 18, he took for himself as wife Mahaloth, the daughter of Jeremoth, the son of David. So he actually married his cousin. After that, in verse 20, he took uh, Maacah, the granddaughter of Absalom. And uh, she bore him Abijah, which he would leave as his heir. Now, chapter 12, there's an attack upon Judah from Egypt. It says, Now it came to pass when Rehoboam had established the kingdom and had strengthened himself that he forsook the law of the Lord and all Israel along with him. After three years, how we have seen different people in our own lives who we have introduced to the Lord. And we see them so on fire. We see them used of God. We see them so committed to the study of the word. We see them so committed to ministry. We see them so on fire to witness and to bring others to Christ. And then after a year, after two, after 10, after 20, after 40, they walk no longer with the Lord. You see, seniority doesn't get it in the Lord. What gets it in the Lord is consistency. And sometimes we feel because we have so many years in the Lord that we're okay. If you're not abiding in the Lord, you are not okay. We must always seek Him. Verse 2 says, And it happened in the fifth year of King Rehoboam that Shishak, king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem because they had transgressed against the Lord. Notice that the attack, the Chronicles point out that they come because God is the one who brought them. God was judging Rehoboam. God was using a heathen nation to judge a righteous nation. He came with a mighty host in verse 3, 1,200 chariots, 60,000 horsemen, people without number. They came with him out of Egypt, the Lubans, the Shikang, Sakim, and the Ethiopians. And he took the fortified cities of Judah, and he came to Jerusalem, and uh, Shemaiah the prophet came to Rehoboam, and the leaders of Judah who were gathered together in Jerusalem because of Shishak. And he said to them, Thus saith the Lord, You have forsaken me, and therefore I also 
have left you in the hand of Shishak. Heavy words. Direct judgment from God. And so the leaders of Israel and the king humbled themselves and they said, The Lord is righteous. Now when the Lord saw that they humbled themselves, the word of the Lord came to Shemaiah, saying, They have humbled themselves, wherefore? I will not destroy them, but I will grant them some deliverance. My wrath shall not be poured out on Jerusalem by the hand of Shishak. Nevertheless, they will be his servants, so they would become vassals to him, that they may distinguish my service from the service of the kingdoms of the nations. He says, let them be under the yoke of the heathen, and let them compare it to my yoke. And so God did not totally destroy them, but he did chastise them. And notice that God is so good, so faithful, even when we get ourselves in the messes that we get ourselves in. Even when God tells us, don't mess with that, don't do that. And we still go ahead and do it, and then we repent after we regret it. He is still merciful and graceful to us, though he will chastise us. We may have to reap a bit of what we've sown. But he's so faithful. If we repent genuinely from our heart, God obligates himself to forgive. Did you hear that? If there is genuine repentance, God obligates himself to forgive for nobody else can obligate him. But he holds himself responsible to his righteousness and his justice and his loving kindness. And so Shishak in verse 9, the king of Egypt came against Jerusalem. He took away the treasures of the house of the Lord, the treasures of the king's house. He took everything. He also carried away the gold shields which Solomon had made. And so it was a real humbling experience. Now, since they took the shields of gold, verse 10 says that they were replaced by King Rehoboam as he made bronze shields and committed them to the hands of the captains of the guard who guarded the entrance of the king's house. Brass or bronze is always symbolic of judgment in the scriptures. Gold is always symbolic of deity. They were no longer under the protection of deity, but now they were under the judgment of deity the mighty hand of God. In verse 13, it says, So King Rehoboam strengthened himself in Jerusalem and reigned. And now Rehoboam was 41 years old when he became king. And he reigned 17 years in Jerusalem, the king. And he did evil because he did not prepare his heart to seek the Lord. Underline that. Whenever you and I do not prepare our hearts to seek the Lord, we will do evil. If you do not prepare your heart to seek the Lord, you will be seeking yourself. Bad choice. When you get your eyes off the Lord, when he becomes something apart from the center of your life, then you will become the center of your life. And that will be reaping and sowing to your own hurt. Now the rest of the acts of Rehoboam, first and last, they're written in the book of Shemaiah, which we don't have, the prophet that prophesied, and Idu, the seer concerning genealogies, which we do not have. And um, there was war between Rehoboam and Jeroboam all their days. And so Rehoboam rested with his fathers. He was buried in the city of David. Then Abijah, his son, reigned in his place. Now in chapter 13, in the 18th year of King Jeroboam, Abijah, his son, became king over Judah, the southern kingdom. He reigned for three years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Micaiah, the daughter of Uriel of Gibeah. And there was war between Abijah and Jeroboam. 
Abijah set the battle in order with an army of valiant warriors, 400,000 choice men. Jeroboam also drew up a battle formation against him with 800,000. So it was two to one. He was outnumbered. He had twice as many uh, men of valor. Then Abijah, in verse 4, stood on Mount Zemarium, which is the mountain of Ephraim, and said, Hear me, Jeroboam and all Israel. And so before he fights them, he is going to preach to them. He's going to charge them for their fault. He says, Should you not know that the Lord God of Israel gave the dominion over Israel to David forever? To him and his sons by a covenant of salt. And the covenant of salt is an irrevocable covenant. Find in Leviticus chapter 2 and Numbers 18. He says, Yet Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, the servant of Solomon, the son of David, rose up and rebelled against his Lord. And so he charges him for being unfaithful. Then worthless rogues, scoundrels, literally, gathered to him and strengthened themselves against Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, when Rehoboam was young and inexperienced and could not withstand them. Now, he's building it up a little more than he really is because Rehoboam was not too swift of a guy either. But nevertheless, he is making the commitment based on God's promise to the kingdom of David. And now you think to withstand the kingdom of the Lord, which is in the hand of his son of David. And you are in great multitude, and with you are the, the gold calves, which Jeroboam made for you as gods. Have you not cast out the priests of the Lord and the sons of Aaron and the Levites and made for yourself priests like the people of the other lands? So that whoever comes to consecrate himself with a young bull and seven rams may be a priest of the things that are not gods. But, here's the contrast. As for us, the Lord is our God. And we have not forsaken him and the priests who minister to the Lord are the sons of Aaron and the Levites attend to their duties. And they burn to the Lord every morning and evening the burnt sacrifice, the sweet incense, and the showbread. And he goes on to enumerate everything else. In verse 12 he says, Now look, God himself is with us in our head, and his priests sounding the trumpets to sound the alarm against you, O children of Israel. Do not fight against the Lord God of your father, for you shall not prosper. But Jeroboam caused an enemy to go around behind them, and they were in front of Judah, and ambush was behind them. And so while he's giving them this beautiful message, he's, uh, he's outnumbered them two to one, he splits his army in half, and he allows the other ones to go behind him. So by the time he's done giving this little message, um, he's got army before him, he's got army behind him, he's surrounded. And so verse 14 says, When Judah looked around, they were surprised, and they were encircled, and they cried out to the Lord, and the priest sounded the trumpets, then the men of Judah gave a shout, and as the men of Judah shouted, it happened that God struck Jeroboam and all Israel before Abijah and Judah. Right before their eyes, God intervened. And the children of Israel fled before Judah, and God delivered them into their hands. Then Abijah and his people struck them with the great slaughter. So 500,000 choice men of Israel fell slain. They only were left with 300,000. And thus the children of Israel were subdued at that time. And the children of Judah prevailed because they relied on the Lord God of their fathers. Notice that. They prevailed only because they relied on the Lord. You and I will only prevail if we rely on the Lord. You know, it doesn't make any difference what you have and what talents, what abilities you have or what condition you're in. You'll be faithful to God. You stand fast in God's promises and His Word and you'll be faithful. And He says He will be faithful to you and to myself. Ask God for wisdom. There's much to be learned.
Pastor Xavier Reese and the simple truth that victory is in the Lord. Now, you may be interested to know that today's presentation can be heard again anytime by way of the radio listings link at calvarychapelpasadena.com. And there's still much more to come of today's verse-by-verse study right here next time as well. But if you prefer your own personal copy on CD, we can make one available for only $4 upon request. The title to ask for is Second Chronicles, chapters 10 through 16. Once again, ask for the in-depth study titled Second Chronicles, chapters 10 through 16 when you write Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com